Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. You know what I hear all the time? You're really not being present. Hello, I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, tools, and tips that we all need, we all deserve, you, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into a home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. Yeah. I am too listening. Like, I don't know why you, like this thought of, hey, you're not listening to me. I am listening to you. That's what I say most of the time, too. Yeah, but I say it, too. I'm not always true. It's not always truthful. You know, and just the other day, I was at work, and somebody said, oh, don't bug Ken. He's grumpy. And I overheard it, and I go, I'm not grumpy. Oh, well, he's got lots on his mind. Now, that's true. Right. I have a lot on my mind doesn't equate in my world but in other people's world, it equates to he's cold, he's a cold fish, he's hard to get to know, he's not friendly, he's grumpy. So, so what we're <laughs> going to learn in this episode isn't that Ken's grumpy and cold and not nice and unpleasant. What we're actually going to learn is when we are busy in our mind, it's really hard to listen. And what can we do about it? That's yeah. what we're going to chat about. And listening's kind of like being present. Yeah, it is. They're, they they go hand in glove, like, like fit together. Like really, really well. listening. Yeah. Like it's not just about hearing the three last words that I say when we're well, having a conversation. Sometimes I'm very good at that. Even if I'm like dozing off, and you go, "Ken, are you sleeping?" No, I heard what you said. You said X Y Z would be the last three or four words that you said, but the rest of it's a blur. It's gone. Right. And so, what is it that gets in? our way. And maybe it gets in your way too. Like I think a lot of these commonalities that we're willing to expose to you are, yes, they're very true for us. And Mm -hmm. they tend to be true for many, many people. So we're not alone in this. And so what can we do about it? What can you do about it? What can we collectively, I'm going to say fess up to, you know, like come clean with. Yeah. Well, look, you know, like being present I love Brene Brown, and I was about to call her my friend because I've listened to so much and read so much of her stuff that she feels like a friend, but I've never actually met her or spoken to her or anything. But my friend Brene Brown, I'll stick with that. (laughs) In their last book, Atlas Atlas of of the the Heart, Heart. yes, and it's not for the faint of heart. If you buy that book, (laughs) it's an education. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, she's written, I think, eight books now. And that is, I would say, her best book. And I don't say that because it's her last book, but probably because it's the one I needed to hear the most. It was the one where there was the greatest amount of learning. And it's a research-based book. So although it's like... On emotions. On emotions. (laughs) Atlas of the Heart. Scary thing to go to. Well, no. It is for me. Right. And so in that book, what did you learn that has been really, really pivotal? Well, we're always present. Ah. We may not be present to what's happening at the moment. Like, you know, when the, kid, when the teacher says to the little kid, hey, you're, you're focused, you're not paying attention. 
Well, they are present, but they're present to maybe their dream about Lego or their imagining the Martian coming down. And or the drawing that they're doing at their desk. Yeah, that's not what they're supposed to be doing at the moment. Right. But they're present. And people are always present. It's just where are they present? And what are they present to? Yes. And that was a really amazing shift for us because we would often have this banter. You're not present. And it's like, yes, I am. Mm. So first we move into defense. And when we move into defense, well, then all all goodness disappears. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece is, yeah, I'm present. I'm just not present here. And then sometimes I would, like, I'll just say, guilty as charged, Your Honor. Many times I'm not present with you. I'm present to something else. That being said, sometimes I was wrongly accused and convicted without (laughs) my day in court. (laughs) Yes, you were. It happens, right? So how can we just become, I I guess the thing that's required of us, I heard somebody say this recently, the only thing that was getting in my way was actually being honest to myself. Hmm. It was just me telling myself the truth about where I really was. And in her case, she was talking about the food that she ate. I know what to eat. I'm eating good food. But really what she was saying was I wasn't being honest with myself. I was deluding myself. And so we can do the same thing with presence. You're convinced and I'm convinced when I'm not present that I'm still present and I'm busy trying to make it right. I'm busy trying to be right, not do right. Uh, Be right. Yeah. Be right as far as I'm concerned. in, In being right than what is right. Yeah, and what sometimes we, right, and and so then I become defensive and whatever. But the point is, this is this is where I want to get the distinction. It's a very nice nuance, and that is many times I would listen to you, and then I was listening to you so intently that I got excited, and then I would add content to your content. Like it might be when we're developing a show or a thought, we're processing, uh, we're thinking, right. And I would say, I think blah, 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 blah. And you would go, you're not listening. And I go, yes, I was. I listened. And I added, like, how could I add on to the conversation if I wasn't listening, right? But what you meant was, what did you mean? I'm you're not, not relating. I'm not relating to you're you. You're not Letting me know that you actually see any value or heard what uh, I really said. So not even relating to the content. Relating to You want me to relate to you and you want me to acknowledge you and say, hey, that's good thinking yet. I love the way you said this and that. And wow, where'd that come from? And blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly that I can add my thinking onto yours because you will feel heard. Right. Because I related to you as a person and then... Related to the thing. Absolutely. Right? That's a great nuance. It is a great nuance. So maybe say it a second time because it, it's an easy one to lose. Yeah. And especially if if you're maybe disagreeing with somebody's opinion or thought on something, when you can relate to them as a person first, then relate to what they said, and then give your opinion after, your opinion will be heard because they will feel 
listened to and related to. Right. And one of the things which is amazing, like that has shifted a lot for us, even though that's only the last couple of months. And what we've discovering is that it's always a journey. Like you never arrive. We've been doing really well at this communicating thing for a couple of decades, and yet there's always more. So one of the nuances or skills, I guess, that we learned quite a few years ago yeah. was to look in your left, left eye, eye, left eye to left eye. Right. And that way you don't freak the person out because you're staring at them. <laughs> That's really awful feeling. But, but you're I mean, making that locks, connection. Right, so locks you're locked your left eye with your left, with their left eye. And that will help you create that sense of connection. And also it helps me to stay present. So my mind doesn't wander because right. I'm connected to you by sight because right. I'm very visual. And maybe you, like me, goes, which one's the left eye? Like, I got to do the writing exercise <laughs> to go, which one's my right? Which one's my left? I don't intuitively know, even at this stage in my life. So I, well, it's true. Should I put an L and an R on your shoes? <laughs> no, I can figure it out, but I actually have to do a little physical mental exercise. So we all have to get there differently. So maybe that's not the way for you to do it. Maybe there is a different strategy that you use. So we would love to hear what strategy you use to stay present with the person you're with rather than present with the mm. thing that is on your mind. Yeah. And one thing I can promise you is while I'm doing a consult with you, I'm 100% with you. You'll feel that, you'll see it, and you'll hear it because I'm going to pull the information. Pull, I say pull, but I'm going to ask nice, gentle questions to find out the information. And the reason being is we're grateful to be partners moving forward together with you in your wealth, wisdom, and worth journey. Yetta, what type of listening would you like me to do? Hmm. We're excited that we've been able to provide for you, created for you, over 503 episodes of Life's Inside Track, where we share insider tips on real estate as well as building wealth, how to make a house home, and really just how to live the best life possible. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from office, or even on the go. Just don't watch us while you're driving. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. That's a good disclaimer. Yeah. What are you talking about? What kind of listening do I want? I just want you to listen, buddy. No, no, but you need to tell me what type. Because many times I get in trouble for the type of listening ah, that I do. So in this episode, what we're going to discover and explore a little bit is what are the types of listening? And there's probably more than what we're going to discover, but we'll at least start discovering what type of listening we might be tuning into or mm. you might be choosing. Right. So I could listen to you for appreciation. I like, like when you do that. Like I appreciate fine music or poetry. And I could just be, you know. Or the fine words that Yetta has to that's say. That's right. The words uh -huh. you invent and the ones that, <laughs> that I you. don't know the meaning of that the Lord gave you in the middle of the night. And I go, oh, what kind of word is that? And I look it up and you've got the definition perfect. And I go, well, that's just weird. It works. Yeah. So there's that listening of appreciation. My favorite kind of listening. Oh, I know. No, no. Let me say what it is. Okay. Because if it's your favorite. Yeah. It's listen to provide a solution. Yes, 100%. Problem solve something. Yeah, because no guy comes to me and tells me a problem without him expecting me to offer my best solution. Right. I come to you often and I'm not looking for a solution. Then why tell me your problem? 
I want you to appreciate where I am. Understand me. So I think that uh, one's more the understanding. Okay. So you want me to listen for understanding mm-hmm. in that case. Yeah. And empathy maybe. And sometimes empathy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or we could even listen for the purpose of learning something. So sometimes all we got to say is, oh, that sounds hard. Rather than give you the solution? Yes, you know that. You know that. Maybe you too have experienced where somebody is listening, they're full on, and you accuse them of not listening. And it's not because they're actually not listening. It's because they're not giving you the type of listening you would like. So although in lots of relationships, if they're more surface relationships, if we're on social, if we're in a social gathering, I'm not going to come up to you and tell you how to listen to me. And... In a more intimate relationship, in somewhere where we are deeply connected, then I think it's a really helpful, it has been really helpful for us, and it may be for you as well, to advise or request the type of listening you're looking for, because we're all capable of all types. Yeah, or like listening to learn. Now, you typically know when you're listening to learn because you've paid for a course or you're in school or you're watching a YouTube on how to fix the dishwasher. So I'm listening or fix to, the vent. to learn. Yeah. To fix the vent from clicking. I'll have to figure it I'll have to watch a YouTube on that one. Mm-hmm. So the, but many times we don't listen to learn when we should be. When it would be helpful, Advantageous right? Advantageous to us. right. Because it's not generally in a learning environment like the classroom. Many of the best lessons are learned when you're just having a conversation with somebody. And a while back, you transformed. Well, I didn't do the transforming because it wasn't my life that was transformed. That's true. You were a catalyst. I was a catalyst. And yeah. so a really amazing... Uh, friend and client and business owner in the city, we were having a conversation and sharing ideas and developing content. And just, it was a really robust, awesome conversation. And he has brilliance. He is creative. He is astute. He has ideas that blow my mind. And at some point, I realized that All his brilliance was brilliant, except what was getting in his way is he couldn't see past or hear past, I think is the right word, his own brilliance. So I actually knew him well enough. So I won't do this to everybody. If you don't give me space in your life to do this, I mostly don't do this anymore. Are you sure it wasn't on the first visit with him? Doesn't matter. We were pretty intimate <laughs> well, quickly. Well, well, it was no. like an eight-hour visit. Yeah, but it was the first visit. Okay, on, but he two. gave me the space. He, he did. Okay, maybe he didn't, but space. I took the space. <laughs> that still happens once in a while. But he Less was open often, to learning. He was open to learning. And so I simply said, I love your brilliance. I love the insight. I love your creativity. It's incredible. And you're having a hard time hearing anything anyone else is saying. You can't hear anything I'm saying. You're just plowing right over it. So we're not having a dialogue. We're just having a one-way conversation. And I wonder how much that might be getting in the way of your business growing the way you want it to. And he looked, he listened, he was gracious. He didn't 
run out of my house. It was good. <laughs> and when he got in the car and he just, we were just chatting about this like a couple of days ago. That's why it's fresh. I didn't even know the impact that it had. Yeah. And because that was seven, multiple eight, years yeah, ago. Seven, yeah. Seven years ago, probably. A couple of children ago Three, for them. Yeah. Lots of kids ago. <laughs> um, and he looked at me and he said, you know, when I got in the car, I said to my wife, does she make any sense to you? Did what you had to say actually land? And his wife gave him one of those wife looks. Those knowing looks like, <laughs> thank goodness she told him. Because he hadn't <laughs> been listening to her. And she said, yeah, I think she kind of hit the mark. And what ended up happening is he took it. He took it to the Lord. He took it in humility. Because if we're not humble, if we're not open, if we're not curious, when somebody challenges us with what we perceive as a blind spot, because he wasn't out not to listen to me. That wasn't his intention. And he has discovered what it was, but that's his news, not mine. And what he realized is he couldn't hear me. And what's happened for him now is his business has exploded. And he said, you know, actually, Yetta, when I go to most of my business meetings now where I'm a creative session, I'm the last one to speak. I listen to everything that's in them. I let them share what's up for them, what they already know. I let them have pauses so that they can actually get present to what's already there, like what's already inside. Because have you ever found that when somebody tells you what you're thinking and what's up for you, often you can't hear it because you needed to discover it for yourself, not be told it by someone else. Mm -hmm. And this is a good chance to mention our 31 life step journey. If you're finding that some of the content that we're giving is useful, but you go, oh, well, how do I implement that? What life step do I take to, to improve my life, to make it even better than it is? Then jump on our website, doubledecker.life, mm -hmm. and look up the 31 life step journey. It's got 31 videos mm -hmm. with fabulous Content. Oh, you're calling it fabulous? I'm calling it fabulous. <laughs> you know what? You know how I we record it, right? Many times we record things on video and then we don't go back and watch them. Well, we took the class that we teach. The beta test. The, the, beta, the beta test. Yeah, we a took years it. Ago. Then we retook it. And now I've rewatched all the videos. And you know what? We're surprisingly good. <laughs> it's really good. So, anyways, you might want to explore that. Yeah. So if you're open to hearing what your life could do to make it even better, if you don't tune in with some curiosity, with a little bit of humility and a little bit of openness, you're probably not going to hear it even when it's there. Mm -hmm. It's our privilege to move mm -hmm. along this journey with you because we're passionate about helping ourselves and others position themselves for generational legacy. Yetta, I really want Harvey's. Okay, we've enjoyed for over 30 years coming alongside you, not only helping you buy and sell real estate over 3,117 times, but really how to um, make the most out of the home that you're living in, how to build wealth, how to just do the best with what you've got. So really 31 years of building life, home, and business. Okay, Ken... Yes. You know, I yeah, don't I'm... often disagree with anything you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've gotten so funny in your 
in your ears. <laughs> you were going to say old age. I did. I, I was know. going to, but uh -huh. then I like my life. Yeah. So I decided You can not say to. in your saging. Yes. In your saging, you become more funny. Yeah. Uh -huh, I get it. Even so more funny. It's 9.50 a.m. in the morning. Yes. What on earth? Do you need Hardee's for at this hour? Because their slogan is, you can have it your way and I want it my way. <laughs> okay. So what you're going to learn in this episode is sometimes having it our way is not the best idea. Really? And why it's not the best idea. Oh, well, talk to us about that. I hear uh, <laughs> you came to a little epiphany the last while, the last few weeks. Yeah. Around... Your way or the highway. Right. So you may not believe it, but in my earlier years, <laughs> I was much more insistent on having things the way I wanted things. I was pretty certain that my way was the best way yeah. and it was my way or the highway. Yeah. And, and one, one birthday, I almost bought you a bulldozer. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> okay, why a bulldozer? Well, because you're always bulldozing your way. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay, so so the so I'm a recovered bulldozer, yeah. recovering bulldozer, and so I've invested the last probably a lot of my last thirty years since I came to the epiphany, the awareness, because somebody enlightened me. No, not as somebody, many somebodies. <laughs> Uh, enlightened me that I was a little pushy, a little aggressive, a little bit, yeah, yeah, all that, all those things that are not overly flattering. And a bag of chips. Yeah, all that. And so I've invested 30 years in not being that way, in attempting to have an open ears and an open mind and available to hear what people were really saying and not just hearing, listening for the for what I wanted to hear, and but really, listening for what was really there. Yes, but you also took another layer off the onion just recently. I know. We're not talking 30 years here. We're talking recent, like, I know. like the smell of it still there. Like when you pull the, the, the layer of the fresh onion off and it sprays a little bit, you get that aroma. I was going to tell the at. truth. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> and it's... I think the reason I'm allowing you to hear all the work that's already been done is because I think we never actually arrive. I think the thing that sometimes is a bit of a an Achilles heel for us or a little, maybe it's even kind of like our kryptonite, that thing that can get in our way, although it may get less intense, it may be less um, pungent almost in our life and less harmful to others, it may not totally go away. Like when I wash my hands after cutting the onion, oh. I'm staying with this analogy. I know. Because then, you know, I wash my hands, but then I go to work and I rub my nose and I go, oh, my hands still smell like onion. Right. Kind of like that. But not as strong as when I was cutting the onion. Right. So I read an amazing book recently. I'm actually still, no, I'm finished it now, actually. It's been awesome. And it's called Leadership is Language. Great book. And it wasn't at all what I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be using the right words because I'm all about the right words, the words lady. I love the meaning and all of that. So I thought it was going to be a fun, easy, nice, light read. So I was all in. And then I got really all in. And he started talking about a concept of, mm, mm, it's a harsh word, coercion. Do you ever coerce people 
in meetings or in decision making? Or do you let people have their dissonance, have their different opinion and not make them wrong for a different perspective? Still make a decision at the end, whether you're going to go with the different perspective or not, but really allow everybody else to have a voice, even if it's a voice of dissonance. And so it kind of hit me between the eyes because I thought I was a recovered I wondered what bulldozer. That mark was. <laughs> Thanks. I thought I was a recovered bulldozer, not that I still was bulldozing. Uh, and when I listened to it, I saw myself in it way more than I really wanted to. And so I was in a business meeting with one of my team members, and I didn't I didn't want to apologize specifically for it, but I wanted to get a feel because there's no point in telling somebody that you're going to do better than you used to do, just do better than you used to do. And then apologize if there's an incident. But I thought I'm going to have to find out whether she feels this way. And I was pretty certain she wouldn't really feel it because, you know, I've only known her five months or so. And so it's my old relationships that are still holding me to my old behaviors that I figured would feel this coercion Mm -hmm. method the most Mm -hmm. and yet I risked it and then we had a little we were talking about some brainstorming around creativity for social engagement and connection and creation and stuff and I said something about coercion she goes oh no you never coerce I went I knew it I got it I knew it I knew I am good I'm clean I'm no longer the coercion queen of the bulldozer squeaky clean yeah and then I made the wise choice. And I said, well, tell me, what's it like when we collaborate and when we create things together? That was a nice open-ended, great question. What's the experience like? And she goes, well, it's kind of like it's Yetta's way. I went, well, (laughs) that sounds like coercion to me. That's just a really polite way. And the funny thing is those were the very words that had been in the book around if you, if people mm-hmm. feel like you've got to get your way, then you're probably doing some coercion and not like intentionally mean malicious stuff, yeah. but just trying to convince them to see it your way. Yeah, because we like things to do our way. Like, for instance, I like to handle our finances and our investments my yes. way. And we've done really well. We've written the wealth formula. Yeah. Like we've, we're doing good. And yet it's not my 100% full-time career, right? Mm-hmm. Helping you with real estate is my 100% career. And there was a gentleman, mm-hmm. Colin, who's an amazing guy. And we've known him for like over a decade. And he reminded me that for many, 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 many years... <laughs> He wanted to do a financial plan for us. He wasn't even going to charge us. He just wanted to lay things out. Here's a plan to move forward. This is what it'll look like. Put all the numbers in. This is how you avoid paying more tax. We would have saved thousands in tax, and we will in the future. But we met with him just a couple weeks ago. And thank goodness that he was persistent in his offer of the financial plan. Because now we're at the point where we said to him, is there somebody that offers financial plans without selling stuff? And he's kind of looking like, uh, yeah, me, I've been offering you for like 10 years. So um, so we're going to do our financial plan with him. And so sometimes when I want it my way, I actually close off seeing the benefit of how other people may mm-hmm. be doing it. And I need to stay that, like you said, stay open, stay 
humble, humble. That's a big and word. stay curious. Because unless I listen, right? Like, mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. I'm Is only going to know what I already know. And that isn't, that's only getting me where I am. Yeah. And so the quote I just wrote, mm-hmm. which I'm going to read because it's kind of confusing. It says, unless I listen, I will not know what I do not know. Figure that one out. Unless I listen, I will not know what I do not know. And we're honored to be your advocates on this journey, creating a life exponential and helping you with your real estate dreams. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward with the Decker team.